Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Fred Von Ox from Bearded Villains. Listen to the Punk Corner every Thursday at 5 o'clock. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey, fellow fit nerds. This is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram. It's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there, um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon, and we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, My email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is um, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Justice of the Inland Empire 66ers, and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. 
What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags here with and this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast for the week of September 28, 2017. And as of yesterday, the Angels were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Um, tough loss last night. Um, I mean, honestly, we had to win out. Right. Not only, not only that, they had hope Minnesota loses out, which was highly... It, that was going to... And they had the Tigers. Yeah. So, and we still had to play the Mariners. And as of right now, I think the Angels are still playing. But really, it's the... What did you say when the I... Salt Lake Bees. The Salt Lake Bees versus the, uh, the Chicago White Sox today. So, um, we got some stuff to get into. We're going to do the weekend review, um, the month in review. Yeah, we do, yeah. Um, and then... Obviously, the next podcast we'll get into probably the whole season. Yeah, and as review. far as where the where the angels go from here. So yeah, this week will be more of a what happened uh, last month, last couple months. You know, down for the uh, wild card race, and then next week we'll go more into depth as far as what the angels should do in the off season. Who's coming off the books? Who's going to be free agent? Free agents that are going to be available. So all that stuff will be next week. But this, yeah, like you said, today will be mostly you know the last week, the last the last month in, in review. Yeah, so uh, before we get going, uh, again, I'd like to remind you guys that you guys can email the podcast at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. We have uh, you, we have a good poll question we'll get into, uh, but if you have any other kind of questions that you can't, you know, you don't, you don't have a social media and you're listening to us on iTunes or on Google Play, go ahead and hit up allangelspodcast at gmail.com. And you, everybody on YouTube, I'm wearing the snazzy, what? Usher's hat from a few years back. I'm going to take it off because it's making me hot. All right, so week in review. Obviously, the Angels fell short of what we needed to do. We talked about it in the last couple of podcasts. The Angels are going to have to play pretty much lights out baseball. Um, we talk about normally they play about six games between our podcasts, and they'd have to go like five and one or four and two. Dan, do you have the numbers in yeah, front of you? Yeah, they went uh, since our last podcast five and two. So right there it tells you pretty much what happened. And if you want to even go a little bit further for the month of September, they were nine and fifteen. Mm. So definitely not the best month uh, the Angels have had this year. And kind of if you want to flip it around, and I think as far as fans will look, every time you bring up this year, we'll always will always come up will be the race between the Twins and the wild card spot. Um, the Twins in the same time the month of September went thirteen and twelve. So it wasn't like they were dominating right you know they're one game above 500 for the month so it was there for the angels to take if they're able to get you know a lot of their offense going some of the pitching going so you know it, it could be come down to a season of missed opportunities right but uh yeah so two and five for the for the week and then nine and 15 for the month that's that was not gonna get it done we talked about them having half dome almost went out not not necessarily and you're right the twins had some games where they lost and we lost right and it's just we weren't moving anywhere i think up until our last podcast, we were what two games back? Yeah, maybe? Oh, and, and it just and it kind of like I said, two and five. You go two and five, yes. and with a team like the Twins that are playing Detroit, um, you know, rebuilding Detroit, it, it, you can't go two and five. You have to at least go five and two in that situation. And we were talking about they would have they would have had to have swept the White Sox, and right away they lost the first game. Right. So it's just like, oh man, you know, here we go. So. Let's talk about maybe some of the things that happened. Um, you kind of touched on it. We couldn't get the offense going in certain certain games where we needed to. Um, it almost seemed like when the pitching was on, the offense wasn't right. on. When the offense was on, the pitching wasn't on. 
when the starting pitching gave you six innings, the bullpen came and messed it up. Or maybe the pitching didn't, the starting pitching didn't get it done, and the bullpen had to come and work extra innings. It was a, like you said, a whole season of just everything. Everything. And right. then I'll get more into detail because I kind of, in my head, when you posted the poll question, Daniel, right. in my head, all these scenes came in my mind about what happened this season. Right. And oh, I'll get into that later. But. You know, Mike Trout struggling did yeah. not help us yeah. either. Yeah, so let's just go this month. Yeah. I'll give you two players, and I'll let you pick which one you would rather have. You have player A, which is a 310 uh, batting average, two home runs, 17 RBIs. And then player B, batting 229, four home runs and nine RBIs. Which one would you take? Four, four home runs and what? Four home runs and, and nine RBIs. And two and 10? Two and, two and 17. Two and se- I'll take the 310, two and 17. That's Pujols. Wow. So you're looking at wow. Pujols batting 310 for the month, for this month so far. Two home runs, so the home runs are down by 17 RBIs. That's a, and then you flip it around on Trout, same month, batting 229, four home runs, and nine RBIs. Yeah. So for Trout to be struggling, I think it's a little bit of an understatement. I don't know. You know, there's been comments out there from people I've seen that are disappointed or feel like Trout wasn't able to, you know, whatever, come up in the clutch moments. I don't know, or not. I haven't heard anything, and I doubt they'll ever say anything. But I don't know if he re- maybe re-injured that thumb. Maybe he got jammed on that pitch one night and just has been kind of nagging. But because they've been so close to the wild card, they didn't, they didn't have the luxury of resting them maybe one or two days. Um, I doubt they'll, they'll come out and say that at all. But you know, yeah, Trout has struggled in the last last month when the critical month where the you know the Angels went nine and fifteen. And even in in. More than that, it was like he came up in a lot of situations where we needed a hit, and it didn't happen. Um, I can't completely hate the guy. Like, it's Mike Trout. I mean, all year he's, other than the six weeks he was missing for due to injury, but he came through for us. You know, um, he just happened to go sour at the wrong time. time. Um, A guy who, you know, consistently puts up numbers. I mean, this dude's, what, number two every year? One or two in the MVP voting every year? And kind of... Going back to this really slow month, I think that's gonna hurt him in the MVP one oh, yeah, because before you know this this month started, last couple months started, he was right in the the thick of it, and I think yeah. this will be the first year he'll drop out of the top three. I think I think he'll drop out of the top four. I think I, really? I think I probably put him at yeah maybe four. Yeah, I, I'll, I see four. I'll, I'll go I'll go Altuve, Judge now with his turnaround, and, and Ramirez, then, and then Kluber. Kluber. I think Kluber. I don't know if Ramirez because I don't think he has the name right. yet. So I think that might hurt him a little bit, but okay. I, I would I would go Altuve, Judge, Kluber, and then Trout for yeah. the MVP. I see Trout in that fourth spot in the MVP voting. Right. I think Altuve is my MVP. I'm right with you, except yeah. for the, the number three. I, I'll give it to Ramirez because the dude played exceptional this year. But uh, Kluber's a good one too. Um, and, well, let's let's keep talking about you know things that happened during this month. Um, the pitching, I believe. Now this is just me. I'm not. I didn't see any numbers. I didn't. Look into it as much. Um, you're more the numbers guy. I didn't see the pitching being that much of a problem this month. Mm-hmm. I think the starting pitching kind of picked up the slack a little bit more, except for the games where Brett Norris pitched, because obviously that was bullpen games. But yeah, Bradwell pitched well in this in this month. I mean, he lost a few. You know, he had a few games where he kind of messed up. You had uh, Nolasco, who I think pitched better this month than he did all year. Right, yeah, and that, that's kind of odd. And then, too, you had Richard slowly coming back right. from his, so he wasn't necessarily a full go, and he did, like, for, Decent. Ri- yeah, for Richards, and I guess this is something to look forward to for next year is, um, you know, the last five starts, 
And again, they haven't been full games because he's been on pitch count, so the innings per pitch are going to be kind of low. Right. Um, but he has a 274 ERA. Um, <coughs> opponent's batting average, though, is 181, which is really good. He's, he's gained them out. Um, and then we always talk about his walks and getting in trouble. So, you know, and again, in that five-game period, 23 strikeouts, six walks. So, you know, that's something good to build on and hope that he was able to stay healthy and move on to the next uh, next season and get a full season, yeah. full, you know, uh, 26, 30 starts under yeah. his belt for the, for the year. Well, it was good that he came back when he did and got innings in this year because, you know, had he have not came back, then we're back to what happened this season where – and the spring training, arm fatigue, maybe this this house him out a little bit, right. get some strong, get some some innings under his belt. Um, we'll see. We'll get into what they need to do, you know, moving forward from that guy who kind of stood out to me offensively this year or this year this month was uh, the acquisition of Justin Upton. I think the yes. guy, you know, he's been playing well, and even Brandon Phillips of late has kind of been hitting the ball a little harder. Um, Obviously, I think Brandon Phillips is gone at the end of the season. Yeah, well, yeah, because his contract's up. So unless unless you, we sign him for a decent, yeah, unless you can get him on the cheap and, and not take a big chunk out of your uh, your payroll, I, I don't see why not. But yeah, Upton has been, you know, he kind of started a little bit slow when he made the transition from from Detroit to the Angels this September month. But um, you know, for the month, seven home runs, fifteen RBIs. His batting average is a little low at two forty seven. Yeah. You know, but um, as of uh, recently, he's been really doing really well. So you're kind of hoping that that beginning part was just kind of um, getting used to your surroundings, I guess you would say. Right. So hopefully it's something to build on. And aside from the home run last night, I think Blake Parker stepped into the closers role there at the end of the month pretty decently. Yeah, and that's and he did I, do a bad I think, job. You know, again, we'll talk about it more next next week, but I think that will be an interesting role or an interesting um, position battle. For the spring training is the the bullpen closer setup um, rotation. I think the all pitching battles next uh, spring training will be really interesting to see. You know we have we yeah it's at the beginning of the year we're not even at the beginning of the year. I think before the season started, our bullpen situation was like cool. We're gonna have uh, Houston Street be our closer, Cameron Rose gonna be our eighth inning guy, and then we kind of didn't know the rest of the guys. Right, everybody oh, yeah, six everybody. other than Alvarez. Right. Um, everyone else was kind of like, who's this Blake Parker guy? Keenan Middleton, you know, uh, well, petite. Middleton, yeah, Middleton didn't even break camp with the team. Right. He was, he was in the minor leagues for the first uh, month, I believe. Right. Petite was the guy, too, who kind of shined this year. He did did decent. He had some spot starts. No one expected Bud Norris to be the closer. So, oh, no. You no know, one... so looking at that bullpen at the beginning of the year or even breaking camp, it's like, okay, well, you know. I mean th- – there's so much I want to say, but the poll question is when I'll, I want to release my what I had in my head. So quickly, I talked to you guys about um, emailing us at the All Angels podcast. We had an email from a guy named Mike Vigil. He's he's actually uh, emailed us a few times. He said, "So I wanted to I wanted I waited to email, and as I had guessed it last week, we are done. Was it a successful season? I guess no, because ultimately the team enters." The season wanting to win the ship, but in my opinion, the Angels had a decent season. Like you guys have said in previous shows, this is a 500 team. You know, right now, I mean, as we have three, what three more games left in the season? Uh, three at home. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, or yeah, Thursday. No, today's Thursday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So depending on whether we win or lose today, 
this team has an opportunity to maybe finish one game over 500. Yeah, whatever. I mean, like I said, give or take, you're looking at 500 record, give or take maybe one or two games. Right. And I think that's where it's going to where it's gonna be because um, towards the end of the year, especially this last series with Seattle, is going to be kind of weird because neither team has anything to play for. So do they take their regular? I can see the Angels playing a lot more of their regulars because it's their home finale. You know, it's, it's fan appreciation day on Saturday night. So you want to put everyone out there that you can. Um Seattle, on the other hand, their visiting team, do you want to put Cano and, and, and um, Cruz out there if you don't need to, if they're ailing a little bit, you know? So that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, so you, at the end of the year, you're going to be maybe one or two games above or below 500. And that's really what we're playing for is, like I told you, we're playing for our pride now. Um, is it is it something to play for? Sure, I mean, but in, at the end of the day, I mean, you kind uh, it's it's tough. I as a fan, obviously we're we're we want to be there, right. you know. So these final three games kind of don't mean much. Um, I see it more like you. I think you had mentioned they get. Was it you that mentioned it? I might have been talking to another buddy, but he's talking about how like no, we can get guys, you know, some starts now. They oh, can yeah. play in the big leagues, you know. Guy like Carlos Preston, I hit a home run. Yeah, let's get him some reps. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you look at it as a fan in this time, pretty much this time last year, the Angels were sixty-seven and eighty-six. I mean, to think that yeah, this year okay. they flipped it around that much. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, wow. it, it's not what you wanted as a fan, I'm sure. But if you take everything into perspective, where it was last year and where it is this year with everything on top of the injuries, I don't know if how a fan you come away from this. And again, from the um, pot, or from the question, I don't know how you come away from this disappointed. Well, let's, screw it. Let's get into the poll question because there's so much I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. Then let's just go ahead and get into it because I have plenty to say. Okay, so like we were just talking the pod, uh, the podcast question again. You can look on it on tw- every Monday on Twitter at Halo underscore Haven or on our Facebook uh, group page. Just look up Halo Haven. But uh, I post a question every Monday morning or try to at least. Uh, and this week was simple. Like when you look, and I try to word it the way. So I was my fear was it that people were going to. look. Um, disappointed, you feel like they overachieved, or you felt like they did pretty much what you thought coming into the season. So, disappointed and overachieved came back split, uh, 35% each. You know, so though that was uh, right down the right down the middle, and then did what you expected to do was at 30. Now, me personally, I was kind of in between. I voted for overachieved, but in my head, I was thinking at the beginning of the year, I said it was going to be a 500 team, and that's kind of where they are right now. So in my head, I was thinking, well, they did what I thought they were going to be, but then you take into consideration the injuries, the trout injury, the rotation injury, the bullpen injuries. You take that into consideration, and then you know what? You could have very been easily, we could have had a 74 and 88 season like last year. So I ended up choosing overachieving, and I know. You have a lot to say, so I'll give the floor to you. Yeah. When you posted the question, I 110% agree with what you said. When the season started, I said, this team is a 500 team. Like, I, yeah. I, one thing I did say on the, on the show was that if you go back to the first All Angels podcast I did, I think it was a solo show that I did. 
archived in iTunes. Right. So go ahead and check that out. <laughs> Cheap plug. Um, I had said that this team on paper, offensively, was no worse than the 2014 team that won the West. Right. Okay? So, but that meant, now now take that with a grain of salt. This, I meant that this team would have to play on all cylinders to match that 2014 right. team. And if you remember in that 2014 team, the difference was pitching. Yes. We had a decent rotation with a guy in Jared Weaver, who I think that year was in, definitely was a double-digit wins. But a guy, Matt Shoemaker, won 16 games that year. Yeah. Like, that alone put us over the top. 16 games yeah. that we did not expect anyone. He won 16 games and he was, that season. He was like, and he was the fifth starter for the yeah. most part. Yeah. So, if you look at that, I was like, so that's what put us over the top that year. This year, it could have possibly happened. Now... I like to always reference back to the 2002 team that won the World Series because that team was not expected to win anything. Right. We weren't expected to make the playoffs. We were not expected to win the World Series, by, even beat the Yankees in the first round of the ALDS. You look at that 2002 team, and again, same thing. That team had a bunch of kind of, you know, Tim Salmon, okay, Mike Trout, you know, Robert Pujols, Garrett Anderson, Troy Gloss. You know, st- you can match them together. The difference there was you had a guy in Jared Washburn who won 18 games that year. No one expected Jared Washburn to win 18 games that season. No one knew who Jared Washburn was, really. Right. So you this year, we would we, did, we would have needed somebody to step up big. And on the contrary, it was injury after injury after. And, and not just little injuries. It was key injuries. An injury to Garrett Richards out from April 5th all the way to, what, right. mid-August? Yeah, and like kind of like what you were saying. You can handle those injuries that, okay, a week, yeah. you know, two weeks. Okay, yeah, that miss one, a those, start or two. Yeah, those happen to every team. I don't care what team you are. That happens to every team. But the ones that are huge where you're missing mm-hmm. months and months at a time, that those are so hard, especially the key players on your team, yeah. that it just makes it super hard to bounce back from and make a, a, a legit run at <laughs> a wild card or even a division. Yeah. But like you said, yeah, you needed something, someone to pop up out of nowhere. And yeah. kind of what you were saying about the um, – the team that, that won the West in, in 14, yeah, Shoemaker was that guy. He yeah. won 16, 16 games. games. Weaver won 18 games. Yeah, that's you it. Have, you have four pitchers that year with double-digit wins. You had Weaver with 18, CJ with 13, Richards with 13, and then Shoemaker with 16. So that that alone was just huge for, for the Angels, and you weren't able to get that this year. No, because of the injuries. Now, right. I was talking about, like uh, – Garrett Richards, all, out since April 5th all the way to mid-August. Tyler Skaggs, which was probably our number two starter, out from – he last pitched April 22nd and then come back to the first week of August. A uh, guy in C.J. Ramirez, who was – I think still leads the team and wins, yeah. has been out since late May or And you're hoping that, that, that he could have been but, the shoemaker. But, but the he injury. got hurt. Yep. Then you had a guy in uh, – Mike Trout, who we lost for six weeks in the middle of the dog days of summer. Mm-hmm. You had the bullpen. Going into the season or going into spring, we had, okay, Houston Street's going to be our closer. Never mind. It's going to be Cameron Drozian. Never mind. He got hurt. It'll be Andrew Bailey. Never mind. He got hurt. Well, it's going to be Bud Norris now. He started. He got hurt. Right. Okay, so now it's going to be by committee. Okay? Like I said, at the beginning of the year, I was thinking 500 team. But looking at it as a whole, yeah, they did what we expected, 500. But if you consider all the injuries and everything that happened to the Angels this season, there is no way I can say that they did not overachieve. Right. They they played 
and was it August or July or August where they had that crazy month where they 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 we were like playing mediocre and then all of a sudden we we're in the playoff. Was, I think it was huh. end of July, early August. Yeah, and it's just like we didn't expect that with all the injuries that happened. So to me, they overachieved. Now I want to. Quickly touch on, I think, when you posted the question on Facebook, and I won't call people out, but there was a comment on there that said, they ex this person expected the Angels to win the American League West. Now, I'm all for being a fan and being optimistic and being a, yeah, we can do it. But realistically, man, if, you're expect if you were expecting this team to win the West, man, you... Sure, look at the world with rainbows and sunshines all the time. I'm a realistic dude. And could they have maybe given a little more fight for the West? Maybe. But we had we would have needed our rotation to stay the same and a big guy to, or a big name, to, or not a big name, but a, someone that we didn't expect to kind of shine this year. And that didn't happen. But you, you got to be realistic with things, guys. You look at the teams that are in our division – the Houston Astros are a much better team. Than they're well. not, and then kind of going to even next year, they're not going anywhere, guys. Yeah. Like they're young, right? And they have a lot just, of key players. They're young. They have good pitching, and again, everything always comes down to health, regardless of what team it is. But yeah, the Astros, everything stay healthy. They're not going away. No. So for next year, if you guys want to say we're going to win the West, we're going to win the West, great. But you guys realize it's going to take ninety wins to win the West, maybe even more. With, maybe with, more with with Houston in there, and and. Uh, you know, Rangers, who knows what's going on with them. But if you look at the Rangers and the Angels, they're not far off as a team. If you look at them on paper, like, they, it's like, okay, you go either way. Mariners are a decent team as well. The Mariners are no slouches. Right. They're a decent team. They're they're right there with us. I mean, they're, I think they're a few acquisitions and, and free signings away from being a much better team. Well, the same thing. They're kind of in transition with a young, an older group going out with, with, with Felix going out and trying to get right. some more young pitching. So they're kind of almost in the same position. And in the A's, work. well, the A's kind of just the A's right the there. A's. So, but when you, if you look at the team and you're like, ultimately, like this poll, like this question that we had, that was emailed to us for Mike Vigil. He, I mean, he said, you know, um, I think it was Mike Vigil. Uh, let me look real quick. Is it him that said, uh, yeah, he said, ultimately, you want to enter the season to win the championship. I get that. Yeah, of course you want to win. You want to win the West. You want to win the championship. Cool. It's good to look at it, but you got to be realistic. You can't expect this team to freaking win every single game. Just not going to happen. And to me, this was an overachieving bunch of guys. They okay. overachieved in my eyes. Um, and I, it was a decent season. So I'm going to read this uh, question from Edward Vizcaino because it, it pertains to what, you know, and then to shout him out. Edward, thanks for sending the email. He said, hey, guys, well, as I write this email, we are five back of this. I think he sent it on Monday. Uh, we're still mathematically in it, but realistic. I know it's over. I had hoped the Angels would have finished strong. Seems like they picked the wrong time to play mediocre baseball. Time to look forward for next season. We'll get into that tail end of the question next week. But um, he said, uh, let's see. He said he would he would have wished that the Angels would have finished strong. It was definitely disappointing right. last yeah. this week. Last end of the month kind of deal. You can't look at the whole season in the last two um, two months or month. You have to kind of look at it in the whole grand of things. And I, I know maybe this poll question kind of hit. It was a little too soon for many because, like you said, maybe a lot of them were like, a lot of people were like, oh, they're mad. They're upset right. what happened in the last month.
I mean, it's fun coming here and being like, yeah, we're one game out. Yeah, we're two games out being in it. But I can't imagine being some of the teams where you're uh, San Francisco or Philly or Tigers. O- Oakland, where you're out of it, you know, after the trade deadline. Then that's no fun as a fan. You know, I've always, I always like make it competitive, make it worth me going out to the ballpark and, and checking it out. And for the whole season until now, they have. Yeah. And that was us last year, guys. So, I mean, I don't know, people who said it was disappointing, I mean, to each their own, you just have to look at it as like, well, I mean, at least we were watching competitive baseball, you know? Um, So, I mean, I don't know how much more we can talk about the last month in a whole. I mean, we've kind of touched on pretty much everything that went wrong, uh, everything that the Angels should have done, (laughs) that they didn't do. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of questions raised uh, as far as... um, Mike Sosha, that's right. gonna that's gonna come up again. The Mike Sosha thing is gonna be a, a thing where you know, and I saw it on online, you know, the last couple of days as well. It always pops up like clockwork. Now that we're out of the playoffs, when can we get a rid of Mike Sosha? Yeah, yeah we're actually getting some uh, Mike Sosha hate, <laughs> hate on uh, Instagram Live, asking, saying that the guys don't want to play for him anymore. Do you guys feel like that? No, I don't. I know. No, I strongly disagree with that. I, I mean. No, I don't know. As a fan watching on TV, how you can tell? Yeah, like to me, to me, that always boggled my mind. That I don't care what if it's if it's baseball, football, basketball, whatever. For you to sit at home watching it on TV and only looking at the whatever camera lens they're showing it out of, oh, he's not hustling, or he's not, you know, he doesn't he doesn't like the play or the coach. He's not playing for the coach. Like unless it's so so obvious. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want. Okay, but why did everyone play their their Why did everyone play their ass off when everyone was hurt and made this a competitive season? Uh, as I was gonna say, if they really hated Mike Social, we wouldn't be where we were this year. Like we really wouldn't, considering all the injuries, we'd be twenty games under. You, like, like if they hated Mike Social that much, we wouldn't have even been this close to the playoff cards. Guys. Considering all the injuries, everything that happened this year, they would have. It would have been done. And. I am not a Mike Sosha fan. Like, I am not an apologist. I, re- I I hate a lot of the decisions he makes. But I've mentioned before, I'm a realistic guy. I, you can't just fire him. Because then, who do you get? And I understand he's been, what, 18 years with the Angels. And maybe a change of philosophy is what we need. But you also have to, you can't just fire him and then get some Joe Schmo. Be realistic, guys. We're not going to go out and get Joe Madden. We're not going to go out and get Terry Francona. It's not going to happen. And if we do do that, we're going to waste a lot of money. Okay. And then we're not going to be able to get a lot of players. It's one of those deals where you're like, it's, we're not going to get a manager that's 100 times better than Mike Sosha. And I know a lot of people are going to say, anybody's better than Mike Sosha. But you, then if, if that's the case, we're going to have to go through growing pains. And the Mike Sosha hate, I get it at some point. But at, at, at you, I also have to say, considering everything, and I sound like a broken record, but you got to give him some credit. And I, a lot of people always like to look at the negative and say, there was a few, like, seven or eight games where he lost us a game. Sure, but there was also seven or eight games where he won us a game because he was puzzling a lineup together with guys, Eric Young, at that scene. When Trout was gone, Eric Young stepped up, and it was Mike Social who put him in the lineup. Otherwise, you know, I mean. And, and I listen to a lot of and read a lot of articles and listen to a lot of uh, different shows, podcasts, or whatever, but. Um, all of them, the majority, in, in, and I, I know how some people feel about ESPN. I know how some people feel about Fox, like, you know, whatever. But when all of them are kind of unanimous in the fact that they're <clears> like, this is possibly one of the top, you know, five 
managing seasons that Solskjaer's ever had. Just because, like you said, they're missing pieces. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, <coughs> people kind of get too caught up, I believe, in the win-loss record. Well, they lost this <coughs> many. They lost this many. They only won this many. Well, guess what? You know, if you can't win them all, first of all, and you damn sure can't win them all when you're missing your best player for X amount of months. So the fact that everyone wants to get rid of Socha, I think a lot of times it's a lot easier for them to blame Socha than it is to look at the whole the whole picture as far as who's out, when they out, who's actually our players, and look at the rebuilding they had to do. They, they didn't come in with a, a great team, kind of like what you were saying earlier. It's not like Socha inherited this great team that won 90-something games last year. He came in and just tore it all apart. Right. It, it was more the fact that you had to rebuild. You're getting older, so you're trying to get younger <coughs> pitching in, and they have to develop. You're trying to you know, deal with an aging Hall of Famer and pool holes, and where do you put them? How's he, is he still productive for you? Like, There's a lot of things that are going on that maybe a lesser manager, a manager not as well um, seasoned as Socha, might have been like, you know what, we're just going to do this, and we'll stick with it and not make a change, and then do a ton worse than what the Angels actually did. Yeah, and if, and if, uh, if the Angels didn't want to play for Mike Socha, it would have been the Boston Red Sox of what, when John Lackey was on the team and they were beer, and, uh, beer and chicken in the locker chicken, room? Beer, yeah, beer and fried chicken. So, I mean... The year after they won the World Series. Yeah. Uh, that that that's not wanting to play for a guy, yeah. you know. And like I said, guys, I, I'm not by far. I am not the biggest Mike Social fan. I mentioned last week my favorite little uh, rally necklace that Chris Security Johnson makes is the Pouty Face Sosha. This is great because that's what I got used to seeing Pouty Face Sosha. And a lot of the times, I I question his his uh you know not philosophy, but I question what. The moves that he makes. I question the fact that he left Bud Norris in for an extra inning. Or he left Blake Parker in for an extra inning. Um, I question all that. And it irritates me. And it frustrates me. But I look at it in a bigger picture thing. And I look at what he's able to do. What he's able to do this season. Man, I, I just can't say fire him right away. I mean, if he if he stays, um, I don't. it doesn't bother me much. And if he leaves, I'm indifferent. Like, okay, well, who, who, do, who did we get? Who are we going to get? And and I'll, I'll move forward from there. But for me to say that I'm a Mike Socha hater, I'm not. I'm kind of just in the middle with him right now. Um, but I do have to give him props for the season this year. Like it's not his fault entirely. Why? They, because the Angels got hurt. Because Mike Socha puzzled together guys. I'm just not. I'm not gonna be a super hater on that one. All right. So we had. You have anything more on that? Dan? No, on Socha, okay. no. Okay. So. Uh, I'm going to move on on this question that we had from Mike Vigil. And it's actually for you, Chris. So what piece of Angels memorabilia in Halo Haven do you consider your pride and joy? I think you actually asked me this question when you had me uh, on the show a couple months back. Uh, this one's a sentimental piece. Uh, probably one of the first pieces that I've that I had. And it's um, it's my mom's bobblehead she went to a game in 1967 and she always kept it throughout all those years it never broke or anything but it's one of those real small tiny bobbleheads it's a generic kind of angel face where he's all super happy and giddy thinking about you know going to the world series and all that it's probably like what the, the face you have at the beginning of spring training <laughs> and then, then you then you have the face that you have the pouty social face by the end of the year right. that's one of those real small bobbleheads it's cool have it in a case over there have some old disney tickets from the 60s around it for disneyland and stuff but 
I think that that's my favorite because it's you know it's a family piece. It's an heirloom. Other things you buy stuff off eBay, you find oh, stuff for... cool and all, but having that connection to my mom who kind of introduced me to baseball fandom, taking me to Angel games in the early you know mid '80s and stuff like that. And I know we've talked a lot about that, John. So um, I say that's my favorite piece. Awesome. And it's, it's a, and definitely not the you know the piece that's worth the most, but sentimental. All right, and it's the chubby, the little chubby one, the little chubby like guy, like a mini chubby, a mini chubby. Mini chubby. Like they got the chubby. chubby. <laughs> and have uh, Angels baseball memorabilia, friends of the page, a uh, good guy, but he has a ridiculous <clears throat> collection. He just posted a few minutes ago of kind of like that generic bobbleheads before they were personalized, and right. even the bobbleheads have become such a big industry now. Um, but before all that, you just had the generic stadium ones. Yeah. And I, I've always yeah. kind of, you know, loved those things. So. You had that one that you had showed me that came all broken. That was, that was a, like a generic one too, right? Yeah, it was Literally. a generic one from the 71 season. A little, with the little, little Halo? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, see those, when you look at the, when I'm looking at them right now, uh, it's crazy how they have evolved bobbleheads. Like you, you go from that bottom shelf all the way to that top, and it's like crazy. Because even in 2001, when they released the Chubby Salmon, the Chubby Anderson, I think a Chubby Erstad or Chubby Erstad, Chubby Erstad, Chubby Salmon, and Chubby uh, Anderson bobbleheads. Those were still a little throwback to the 60s. Even the even the uh, Grinch and Downing and Carew set in 2002 was kind of. They were starting to get a little more like uh, detailed, but they still kind of like big head sort of a chubby body now it's a, so much detail it's it's crazy and when you look at bobbleheads online they can go anywhere from like 20 bucks to like 200 bucks yeah it's insane it's and insane. the subject matter you have them like riding scooters you have all the star wars ones now game of thrones like it's kind of taken on a life of its own people have like jobs that are based around bobbleheads guy on instagram now like daniel <clears throat> follows them but he cre- it's called Bobble House. He creates yes. houses. Dude, he I, said yeah. that no bobblehead should be homeless. Um, so he creates cool, epic dugouts for him and scenes from stadiums. This guy's awesome. That's cool. I want, I, I want one. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Someone wrote to you on here, Chris. I don't think you saw it. They put, uh, how much is it? Like, do you know how much it is? For what? The bobblehead that your mom had. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably like a $55, $60 range that's okay. how, that's how, you gotta put a price on it right and then angels amigo said wow chris uh an incredible collection that's and that's just his little bobblehead section man he's got a lot more stuff on here uh that's that's insane but anyway um i don't know where to really where to go from here what other subject matter do you want to talk about daniel that we're, and we talked about a little bit earlier with the trout mvp but another kind of uh awards that i'm gonna be looking out for you know uh I'm not sure when they come out when they announce the MVP, Cy Young, and Golden Gloves and all stuff, but I am really interested to see the Golden Gloves this year just because I believe we have two angels that one I think is definitely a shoe win, and that's with Simmons. I mean, if you watch the games up all this year, you understand why, but when you look at the numbers, it's kind of crazy. His defensive war um, is at 4.2, and the next biggest next guy is uh, Liriano from Cleveland, and he's at a 1.7. Okay. So you're talking about a huge discrepancy in defensive war. So again, this is just um, the defensive part of the game taken to a, you know, um, getting the ground ball uh, area covered in the outfield for like, and I text you guys, we've been to games, I've texted you guys 
uh, Simmons' new position should be shortstop slash uh, shallow left field. Like, like softball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris was saying the rover. He's the rover. He's the fourth outfielder in, in softball. But he covers so much ground. He's able to get to tons of pop <coughs> flies. He gets a lot of ground balls. I believe he's a shoe-in for the gold glove at shortstop this year. Now, um, another guy that I'm really interested to see if he gets it because you look at oh, – he's not a big name. Per se, and especially with even Angel fans coming into the season, I don't think a lot of them knew who he was or what to expect from him. But um, Maldonado, Martin Maldonado, oh, yeah. he is right up there in every kind of little defensive stat, defensive um, category you can think of for catchers. Again, this is just defense. Um, his defensive war is, is at 2, 2.0, 2 flat, but the next uh, guy is at 1.3, and I believe that's Saul Perez. Um, and two, you look at his stats behind the plate. He's played 130 games, started 130 games behind the plate. Next guy, again, Salvador Perez from Kansas City, he's only started 112. So you're looking at durability. You're looking at being able to play in game in, game out. Um, 130 games started, two errors. Yeah. It's two errors, the whole season, two errors. And um, caught stealing, he's throwing people out at just under 39%. Again, that's leading qualified catchers. So I don't know as far as if the lack of the name is going to hurt him or if, um, uh, you know, Salvador Perez has won in the past before. He's probably the second guy behind it. But it would be interesting to see. I, I feel like he should definitely win the Golden Gloves this year. But that's something to look forward to as far as, you know, if, if with the Angels not in the playoffs, something to look forward to see if these guys are able to bring home some, some Indiv- hard work Individual awards. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the year, yeah – you would love to win a World Series, kind of like our emailer said. But when that's out of out of you know out of your reach, out of your range, you know you like seeing your guys that you've seen play day in day out get recognized for stuff that you've seen all all season long. So I think um, Maldonado and Simmons are going to be two of the guys to really look out for for a Golden Glove this year. It's funny when you texted GG, I was like GG Groom Goon. Yeah, Which you can. <laughs> Go on groomgoon.com. Want to talk about a plug? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree with you. Uh, Anderson Simmons is insanely – that guy's a – the things he does on the field saves a lot of games. Right. Uh, uh, just being able to get to a ball, maybe – well, a lot of people take for granted. A lot of baseball fans don't see it uh, much. And I hate to call myself a better baseball fan than other people, but I tend to see things differently. I mean, I, play, I played in college, so, you know, I pretty high-level baseball uh, but two outs, ball hit up the middle. He gets to it, ends the inning. Inning over, nothing happens. If he doesn't get to it, the next guy comes up, it's home run, it's two runs on the board. So you got to think of like, the things that he's done defensively as well to save a lot of games for the Angels. And, and, and he's done it, like it seems like a hand, more than a handful of oh, times. Definitely. And the season that he had this year offensively as well was not what we expected. Like, he totally overachieved, in my eyes, as far as what he's done offensively. Um, he had a great season. I kind of t- kind of cooled off towards the end, but the dude was red hot. Like, he was batting over 300 at a certain point in the season, late in the season. Now he's at, what, 270, 280, yeah. which, is, which is, I'll take that all day. Um, a lot of people hated the fact that we traded Eric Ibar. And now when we look at it, Hamilton Simmons, I think Sean Newcomb was in that trade. Yeah. Where's Sean Newcomb at now? We got Anderton Simmons, who is probably, and I think, I don't know if we're going to do it, but did you want to do end of the year awards? 
next week. Next week. Yeah, next week. Okay. Yeah, that'll be part of our whole yeah. end of the year everything. So we'll have our own personal end MV- of the year awards. Yeah, MVPs, newcomer, rookie yeah. of the year. So something to look forward to next week as well. So Anderton threw himself into the mix there where he is potentially going to be the Angels MVP this year. Oh, Angels yeah. MVP. Um, but there's a lot of guys that can definitely, you know, you said Martin Maldonado, the dude too, again, off- what he's done defensively is ridiculous. Look what he's done offensively. Like, did you expect that from Martin Maldonado this year? No. I mean, no, sure, his batting average is what, 240, 230, maybe yeah. two something, but what? 12, 13, 14 home runs? Yeah. Double-digit home runs? Yeah. I mean, he's hitting. He has 14 home runs right now. 14 two, home two, runs. Uh, 223 batting average. But um, I think that goes to um, the whole social thing. Social listened to his people. He listened to Randy. I don't know if you guys know the story, but Randy being the ex-manager over in Milwaukee, got in the social ear and said, hey, you have to check this guy out. Bring him in. At least, you know, check him <clears> out. <throat> and they did. They brought him all the knowledge. They traded Bandy, which... A lot of people at the time too weren't too sure because I was supposed to be the new up and coming. And there was a lot. I saw a lot of not memes, but a little a lot of side by side comparisons in April, where Bandy kind of had a really hot start to the season. And I think if you look the numbers up now, Maldonado definitely had a better season. Oh yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, if not only defensively, not only defensively, but offensively too. Again, um, you know, the power fourteen home runs. You rarely get that out of an Angels catcher since. You know, um, what was it, Napoli? Yeah. Buddy. But, um, yeah, so I Maldonado is one of those sneaky guys where you got production on where you didn't think kind of signing him, a one-year contract, let's see how he goes, and boom, there he goes. So, yeah. It all, it, Maldonado is definitely one of the big surprises for the year. Yep. Um, there's a question on the Instagram live. Do you see it, Chris? I'm getting... Which one? It was at the kind of at the top. I lost it. And then he mentioned it again at the bottom. I, for some reason, my phone froze. What was it about? It's about something about what happened to the team. Yeah, we're getting a lot about, like, where did we go wrong? Where did, uh, where did you know, okay, we go off the tracks? We yes. have more potential this year okay, than any other it. year. Uh, I don't know about potential. Yeah. Um, I'm also getting, I like this one. Damn, these guys are good. Fox Sports should hire both of them, like, now. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks at Superior Skull XX on the Instagram Live. Thanks for the compliments. Yeah, um, um, I, I see it now. It says what we had more potential this year with than any other with Upton and Phillips. Upton and Phillips came at the end of the year, so I can't I can't say that we had more potential. This was a 500 team. We said it. You said it. I said it at the beginning of the, at the first podcast of the year. We were like the 500 team. Like, I mean, we even talked about it at the beginning of the show. If you go back and listen. So you should you should go back and listen, and then you know you know that way you listen to the show. But they in my eyes they overachieved, man. Like I, I can't I can't say that they had more potential this year than think, any other year. I don't think they had more potential. Like I don't know where you get the potential from because you know it's hard to what you you saw the potential in Bridwell. Like what what are you what are they like? I don't get what the what how they're saying the potential, but um, I think what hurt the Angels. And I don't know how you fix it overnight, but September call-ups, the lack of depth in the in the uh, minor league system. Like, yeah. I don't know if, you know, certain teams were able to get certain guys off, but they have good enough depth in their minor league system to where they don't, there's not a big drop-off. Where yeah. The Angels, they really don't have a solid backup, 
you know, in the, I mean, yeah, everyone loves EY because he hustles, he plays hard, but... <laughs> but in realistic. But, but when you come down to the yeah. skill part of it, yeah. he's not to that caliber of a <clears throat> Upton, Trout, Calhoun. Yeah. So you lose a little bit something there. Um, you know, Crone, when he's struggling, you don't have a better better uh, option. You don't have a uh, minor league first baseman that's, you know what, he can get hot too. Or yeah, let's you know, get him. He's getting him. Yeah. So you don't have that. There's such a big drop-off between... Um, a crone and then maybe like a Marte. Like there's not a big drop, yeah. not a big, uh, there's not a small gap there. So I think a lot of it too had to do with the call-ups, December call-ups. You're trying to get more work in the bullpen. Yeah, some guys stood out, but then some guys too, you see why they're in the minor league system to begin with. So yeah. I think that had portion, part, uh, I think that's part of it. I don't, again, I don't think that's all of it, but sometimes it just comes down to baseball. Yeah, You get streaky, you get streaky. You get cold, you get cold. It all depends on what part of the season you get. You know, are we still saying having the same conversation if they're cold in the in August and then you flip it and now they're hot now? Like, right. oh, we were so now the now the conversation goes from oh we were so disappointing oh why do we why did we not come now it turns into man we were so close we made a run at it we were so man we're almost there next year next year so again like I don't see how you can take a one month sample size and a season that's 162 games and say. They choked, or they are yeah. disappointing. Like, no, you have to look at the whole time. Streaks happen in baseball. You just hope that your streaks are fit in line with where it, it helps you the most at the end of the season, or when you play a certain team that where you can gain. You know, if we want a streak when we played Minnesota, we wouldn't have to worry about this. Right. So, you know, um, baseball is just really hard to judge. It's just, I mean, you have guys that are quote unquote professionals and do it for a living, and they ask them at the beginning of the year who's going to the World Series. And like eighty five percent of those guys aren't right. Like yeah. Maybe they only get one one team right. Yeah. You know, so baseball is baseball. I don't know how you go out and say, "Oh, we had all the potential in the world." It's like these guys are who they are for the most part. And I understand. I kind of get it. Like maybe he meant at that when we picked up Phillips and Upton, we had the potential to maybe take over the wild card spot. Offensively, sure, man. You had a guy like Upton. Okay, they kind of should put us over, but. It again, I think pitching and defense wins you games, and our pitching was patched work this year. So when you look at when you look at the team, like all oh, the pitching, you were talking about streaky. I want to quickly touch on this. Someone had posted on one of the social media. I'm not sure if it was on the Halo Heaven page or whatever. Someone had said, if you give CJ Crone consistent at bats, I see him as a 30 home run, 90 RBI guy. I right away said, no way. Too streaky. Yeah. You texted us, what, a few days ago? And you said, like, Crone is 0 for his last 20 Yeah, there was like a stat. Um, and that, that that shows you right there where it's just like, I like CJ. And we, we mentioned it before. He's a streaky guy. So when he's streaky, put him in. But I don't see him ever being a 30 home run, 90 RBI guy. Two days ago. Two yeah. Two days ago, uh, there was a tweet by Jeff Fletcher of the OC Register um, he's a great guy to follow on Twitter. He's, you know, he's the, the beat reporter that follows the team everywhere it goes. But, uh, yeah, CJ Crone was in a hitless streak at 20 at-bats. And then later that night, he ended up getting a hit. So he ended up going, like, you know, one for 22 or something like that. So, yeah, super streaky hitter. At that time, when he goes, you know, 0 for 10, 0 for 12, you would love, as a manager, to say, hey, man, take a couple days off. Try to get your mind right. We're going to put player X in there and see if we can get a spark. But no false socials at all. 
they don't have that right now. Yeah. You would love it to see if Marte can develop. But you just got to. But that's the reason why, too, everyone was complaining about why they're sending Marte down. Why they're sending Marte down. Because he needs at-bats. Marte's not going to get any better sitting there, sitting and playing every fifth day, sixth day or whatever at first base <clears throat> when Crone or when Crone goes on a, on a cold streak. Now he's going to come in. So you hope these players are that go down to AAA, the, the Martes, the, the uh, Perez's, the, um, you know, if Cal Gill starts down there next year, um, these guys that are, are young and you hope to develop, you hope that they're able to um, get at bats, get reps while they're down there and then be able to not skip a beat when they come up. Otherwise, it's hard to justify bringing up a catcher like Perez behind a guy like Maldonado where we said earlier – He's played 130 games, and this is, what, uh, game 158. Yeah. So he would literally have just played um, 28 games. You know, is that yeah. fair? Is that fair yeah. Perez? Are you able to develop a player like that? No, you can't. So, you know, you, you, you have to hope that these guys are able to take big steps in their minor league careers and then, again, help the Angels when September call-ups come. Yeah. So to answer that person's question... That kind of answers it for me. He's too streaky of a guy. He's always been like that, CJ Crone, since he's came up. Too streaky of a guy to to hit thirty something home runs and hit ninety RBI, like or driving ninety. Then now, runs. does he have the potential? He sure he does. He has the potential. He's got to put it together. He has to put a full. He has to put a full season together. He's always started yeah. off slow. You go down AAA. That middle um, summer summer months are great. He's Boom, yeah, 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 and then kind of peters out at the end. It's kind yeah. of his M.O. at this point. So if yeah. you can get a consistent um, consistent uh, he, a year behind him, yeah, I can see him getting, you know, maybe not 30, but mid-20s. That's what I said. Mid-20s, 90 RBIs isn't out of the question, especially if he's batting behind people like Trout and um, whoever's going to be lead off, whether it's uh, Upton or behind Upton, Trout, and whoever's, you know, leading off next year. Like, that's not unheard of, but right. he, he'd have to. He has to really mature and yeah. become a better Hitter. consistent player. Consistent player. Because I think his hitting, like he, he chases a lot of bad pitches. He's, 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 I love the guy. Trust me, dude. Don't get me wrong. I see him being between 20, 25 home runs, 70 to 80 RBIs. You know, that's that's just how I see him. Um, anything else you want to touch on real quick before we sign off? No, yeah. but just, just a reminder next week, because um, the season won't end on Sunday. So next Thursday will be our, our last weekly. Uh, podcast after that we'll probably go by month yeah um the world series will happen in october and then after that i believe players like upton will have three i think uh, they have three days after the end of the world series so <laughs> whenever that is to make your decision whether to opt in or opt out so um i would say around that time the beginning of uh, uh november okay. look for a podcast then we can start talking more about it. if upton opts out then we can say okay where do they go from here if he opts in then that changes the dynamic so yeah Next week will be our last weekly podcast, and we'll go over the whole season, what they do next. Uh, like you said, our our yearly awards, we'll both have a set. I think and we'll let Chris have, have a set, Chris too. too. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be that's it for, for this week. And, uh, again, come out uh, Saturday. Some of some of us will be at the game Saturday. Um, we'll be posting stuff when we're there, so look for us. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys have questions, again, for the email, uh, it's all angels podcast at gmail.com all angels podcast at gmail.com um and then like dan said if you guys have questions too also on halo haven fan pages on facebook and the twitter account as well yeah halo uh, underscore halo underscore haven on twitter and on instagram 
Yeah, and then also, uh, you know, we we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, we have a couple of interviews from the Island Empire 66ers uh, that we did about a month and a half ago that we, we still want to play for you guys. Um, so uh, that'll look forward to that during the off season as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, I think, you know, once a month will be good because we have – then we'll have the winter meetings, and then obviously, if the Angels have any signings or free agencies pop, yeah, yeah, and then we we'll right back. And I think that's why I like about baseball so much too, because okay, you have October, the season's over, you have all of October for the playoffs, World, World Series. Series, and stuff like that, and then what November, December, January, you always kind of have something happening, yeah. And then February, end of February, beginning of March, spring, spring training's back out there, then Tempe. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to coordinate a trip where we all can go to spring training and then hopefully do a podcast from out there. Have, um, have you guys let you guys know when we're going to be out there? Try to make it a, a fan experience kind of deal, but definitely, um, yeah, that's the thing about baseball. It's such a long season, which is great for the fans, and that there's always it always seems around the corner. When the season's over, when the World Series is over, it always feels like it's okay. It's right around the corner. They report right. you start counting the days down until pitchers and catchers report. So that's um, something to look forward to. What's that quote, Chris? That you said last week? That was it, Holden Swagner? Yeah. What do you? Somebody said, what do you do during the off-season? And he replied something to the fact that I just stare out the window every day waiting for spring to come. Yep. That's, I couldn't agree more. That's the smell of the grass, the sound of the wooden bat hitting the ball. Ah, let's get the 2018 season going already. Um, so we got to look forward to. I obviously, you know, football season, I'm not, I'm a bit, I'm not a huge football fan. I'm more of a basketball fan, so basketball for me and then football is after but i kind of look forward to that but once spring training rolls around boom all bets are off i'm back on the baseball bandwagon so all right that's going to wrap it up for us today uh thanks again to chris security johnson for letting us do uh our podcast here from halo haven headquarters uh quick shout out to all our friends our listeners all the uh, people that have sent emails to the all angels podcast at gmail.com and everyone who participated on the poll questions thank you guys very much and on instagram live too Thank you guys for jumping on there. I'm Johnny Maggs. I'm Daniel Garcia. And this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast for the week of September 28th, 2017. We'll catch you guys next week. The same channel, all that good stuff. Y'all have a great night. Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.